The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is your intrepid trio. Uh, yeah, the three of us. Uh, yeah. Kylan, <laughs> Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. And you know, guys... Today, as we're recording, is April 1st. I almost asked Ken from over the DC Superpowers podcast, which is on hiatus, for their theme song, which I was initially going to play today. Restore the Snyderverse! Restore the Snyderverse! (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, all the emails we would get. <laughs> oh, it's already bad enough that I saw that Zack Snyder wants to do a Marvel film. How like, about no? no. <laughs> we we would prefer a director who actually likes superheroes, Zack. You go play <laughs> yeah. with HBO. Yeah. <laughs> so... I like Superman Watchmen, but that's because nobody likes superheroes in the Watchmen. Right. This is true. And, wa- and Watchmen, despite Alan Moore, the, the Watchmen was kind of justified on why that had to be done the way it was done. Right. Well, to me, the movie version was weaker than the comic book version. Right. I agree. But... But the reason it was weaker was because there were some critical elements to um, uh, Veidt's plan. Rather than just framing Dr. Manhattan for it all, there was this you know, convoluted plan to make everybody think that it was an alien. Right. Right. I mean, I, I get that you had to make some cuts and make some changes for the sake of narrative, but, you know, but hey, the, there it is. But the giant squid was an important thing that got left out. Yes. And you Wait, know what? Which they, they, did a, they did a great job touching on, though, in uh, in the Watchmen series for HBO. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I was pleasantly surprised when they did that, like, you know, the the, the periodic squid yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was but like, guys, did while we're kind of on the the subject of of the Snyder cut, mm-hmm. did did any did either of y'all see where the Russo brothers said they would be willing to put out a 
a uh, an extended cut of Infinity War slash Endgame. Okay. Oh, the question is, do wow. we really need it? Okay, it's not a question of whether or not we need it. Because I am a huge fan of deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, making of stuff. I would like to see what scenes were left on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. See, I would, too, considering how much we got. Like, you know that they filmed more. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's kind of like the same thing with Lord of the Rings. They filmed so much more than what we got in the theaters. And even the extended director's cuts of those three movies, I mean, it was more story. Right. But there was still so much more that, that didn't get shared. So I would, I for one would love to see pretty much all the footage. Okay. I'm down but, for that. But your mileage may vary, and that's okay. <laughs> so this would be so so this would be like a giant almost like super cut with both movies and all the uh, and some of the material that they wanted to put in that ended up on the floor? Uh probably so. Probably so, which would make it well, considering this, both those movies were almost three hours long. Right. You're talking like an eight, at least an eight hour. Man. It would be like a full day's work sitting in front of the TV watching this. Yeah, it would be a full day sitting in front of the TV watching it. Yeah, it would. I mean, it's. Well, in this day and age of binge watching on Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, well, I mean, seriously, how foreign a concept is that now? Yeah, and and that's true. I mean, and that's it's one of those things that it sneaks up on you when you do it. You know, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know what? One more, one yeah. more, and then next thing you know, you just binge. I mean, like I almost did that with uh with the series. It was like a five episode series, and I was like, uh, uh. One more, one more, and all of a sudden I'm like, what, two more episodes? And, oh, my gosh, half the day's gone. <laughs> it, it's you know? it's kind of like me and, uh, and Monty Python's Flying Circus. That's kind of like I started off as kind of like, oh, we're in Series 5 already. Um, hmm. Hmm. Where has <laughs> the day gone? Uh, so, well, um Let's one say happy birthday. And we'll just say, I have a happy birthday song for him. This is your, this is your birthday song. It's not very long. Happy 30th birthday to Deadpool. Oh, Oh, well, happy 30th Deadpool. Uh, I have your first issue in my collection somewhere. I know I do. I remember getting it. I have an autographed picture with your creator, Fabian Nicieza. Ooh. So apparently for the big 30th birthday, um, there's a lot of cool merch out there. A brand new collection of Funko Pops are arriving in store soon. Um, If you ever wanted to add... Um, Deadpool is a construction worker. Um, that would be an OSHA nightmare, would it not? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Deadpool as a ballerina. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I I would almost want to get that one for Zoe. <laughs> she would shoot me if I did. Um, there is Deadpool as a dinosaur. These are Funko Pops, and, and the dinosaur one looks pretty cool. I've seen the dinosaur one. It, yeah, it does look good. Uh, there are some new Loungefly backpacks coming for Deadpool. Uh, this one may be right up Don's alley there, Kylan. Deadpool 30th anniversary unicorn rainbow mini backpack. 
You know what? I would not be surprised if that somehow showed up on our doorstep here sometime soon. I don't know, because cause, uh, we, we somehow end up with a uh, Captain Marvel luchadore stuffed where'd you get, figure. Where'd you get that one from? Uh, Amazon. Okay. You yeah. said You said Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Wow. Uh, and then um, Lokai has a bracelet. This, uh, there's a 30th birthday Funko Pop available at GameStop, and it's him popping out of a, a cake. Uh, multicolored glasses pop. Let's say happy birthday. And, of course, I can't view anymore. So, um, so yeah, happy 30th birthday to, to the pool of dead. <laughs> no um, peeing in the pool, Deadpool. No peeing in the pool. Now, on top of that... How about this? Uh, X-Men X-Force Retro Marvel Legends 6-inch Deadpool action figure from Hasbro. Uh, this new figure is uh, based on the X-Force Deadpool and should be and it, it comes cool with, with a cool retro packaging. Oh, cool. Okay. So, um, and then there's Cooking with Deadpool, a brand new cookbook with 30 different chimichanga recipes. (laughs) You've seen this one. No. (laughs) Am I really? Is that really serious? Um, Um, Deadpool brings his, brings his, uh, it brings his style, foul mouth humor, and notorious skill with a blade to the kitchen in this hilarious take on a traditional cookbook featuring classic recipes with a Deadpool spin and a whole lot of chimichangas. <laughs> no hero takes food, takes food quite as seriously as Deadpool in this gorgeously designed cookbook that paid, that paid reviewers have described as glorious and the best cookbook I've ever read. Deadpool offers his take on curated collection of Epicurean classics narrated by the wisecracking superhero and sexy master chef himself. This book also includes recipes inspired by some of his closest friends, enemies. Here's looking at you, Spidey. And his favorite meals, including chimichangas, tacos, pancakes, and hamburgers with no pickles. <laughs> I don't understand hamburgers with no pickles. Uh, this cookbook is available on Amazon Prime right now for $18.26. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Contents. Uh, categories are small bites for big mouths, side jobs, um, just the tips, maximum. Oh, sorry, side jobs. Um, then they got sections spread out called just the tips, like choosing a knife or ordering takeout. Uh, there's maximum efforts. What the people really want. <laughs> Wake up with Wade and sweet things. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Chickaronis is uh, one of the recipes. Pork rinds? No. Is that uh, pork rinds? No. That is pork rinds. No. Chickaronis is uh, two boneless, skinless chicken breasts. It's basically almost like uh, a homemade... Uh, Baked chicken. Okay. Chicaronis are pork rinds as well. Yeah, but not in this case. Well, fine. Uh, Choosing a knife. Options are serrated, chef knife, katana, boning knife, paring knife, and honing steel. (laughs) That sounds like a a, a typically Deadpool-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last recipe that they show in this preview is stabby meat sticks, mm-hmm. a.k.a. kebabs. 
Okay. So I, yeah. I may have to wind up getting this. I may have to as well. Over 60 recipes in this book. But uh-huh. I still want to know how many of those are chimichangas. Yeah. We may have to see about getting the author on the show. It's Mark Sumerak. Well, we did have the uh, Marvel Eat the Universe. Yep. 300th issue, as a matter of fact. Yes. So, um, as you know, let's stop beating around the bush. It is time for the Intel debriefing. What's the Intel debriefing of? Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Episode 2. Which you should have already have watched by the time you are listening to this, because now episode three, three is, is out. out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right now, there's uh, no way any of us could get together beforehand to do just a special Intel debrief of the new episodes before we actually record on Thursday. Right. Because our lives are crazy nuts at the moment. Yeah. So, in episode two, the Star-Spangled Man. Um, with a plan. Yeah. Bucky, Star-Spangled Man with a plan. Uh, Bucky wants to argue about Sam's decision to give up Cap Shield. That, uh, always been a touchy subject. And, of course, now this has been given to John Walker. The whole time we're watching this, Melissa's going, I don't like him. I don't like him. Mm-hmm. You know that the actor, Wyatt Russell... Is Kurt Russell's son? Yeah. Oh, she has no okay. problem with the actor. She hates. No, the no, char- no, she doesn't no. like the character. I'm just wondering how many parent and child co- duos have been in the MCU thus far. Well, you know it. Wow, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, yes, to a degree, the the unlikability is on purpose. Right. Because, you know, you're not supposed to like him. Right. Well, but, here, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that he's not that likable in the comics either. No, he's not. And really, I, okay, don't get me wrong. I want to pretend his noggin is a pinata and high five him with a two by four. <laughs> but I am liking from a from a character standpoint. I like the way he's being treated. Yes. yes. Because he is is striking me as being pretty close to the the comic version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, is he a patriot? Yes, he is. Is he good at what is he a good soldier? Yes, he is. But he does it, he has some charisma but not to the level of Steve Rogers. No, no. And he does not strike me as having the, the quote unquote heart as Steve Rogers. He doesn't. Um, Steve, like Steve, Steve was capped long before he got the super soldier serum. Right. You know, the, the, and because the with or without that serum, Steve was going to be Steve, you well, know, now let's let's talk casting real quick. Do are we okay with Wyatt Russell? Because remember, rumored for a long time was John Cena. No, you know what? I like I, I really I like this guy. I think John Cena would have been better physically, but I think Russell is doing a better job of being John Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because and when when we see first see him in the locker room there before you know before his appearance at the at the football stadium, I found myself wanting to like him mm-hmm. because you know you see him he is nervous mm-hmm. is he is aware of the legacy mm-hmm. right and. Side note, when I was first watching the episode, uh, these two guys were kind of getting almost like a play-by-play via text from me. Mm -hmm. 
because I was just like texting my 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 reactions. That's like, you know, you know, Walker's st- sitting there in the in the locker room, and his buddy comes up. I go, wait a minute, that can't be. So I I, I paused it right when it showed like you know his name tag Hoskins Hoskins, no, and so I was like I, I text these guys, dude, we got Battlestar. See, and, and and Kylan, who had already seen it, just goes, "Yep." Because <laughs> the thing, thing was, was, I did I not did expect not us to actually get Battlestar because this story, this particular story, to a certain degree, is quite a deep dive. Mm-hmm. It is. So I was like, okay, so they're so maybe they're doing this just, no strictly to bring out John Walker. And it could the story can easily be told with just John Walker, but the fact that they did this and they gave us Battlestar, I was just like, and Battlestar was one of those characters that you you could have easily, re, re, really, shortly after Cap took the shield back in the comics. Uh huh. Right. Battlestar kind of disappeared. He ends up showing up later with the uh, with the with the Wild Bunch. Yeah, and so he ends up he ends up you no know, forging his own path, which I, I was glad I was glad about that. Yeah. But I really was pleasantly surprised to see that because that gives just a little more um, I don't know oomph to this story. Well, see the thing is. I ultimately found Battlestar to be a more interesting character than John Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they brought him in. Uh, see, in the in the MCU, Cap never didn't re- have a sidekick per se. Mm-mm. Bucky was not. Bucky in the comics was definitely his sidekick right. because you know all the heroes had to have sidekicks that the kids could relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Batman and Robin, uh, Namor and Namorita, um, um, you know, and, and God, I say that and now I'm blanking on the uh, on, on the various kids sidekicks. Mm-hmm. But MCU Flash Kid Flash. Yes. Flash Kid Flash. And um, let's see. Green Arrow there Speedy. Teen Titan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Aqualad. Mm-hmm. The Wonder Twins. Yep. Flat man and ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) But Superboy. Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, there you go. Calvin and Hobbes, Snoopy and Woodstock, Wayne and Garth. (laughs) If we're reaching, let's reach. (laughs) But, I mean, you get the idea. You you get the idea. He was introduced as a way to, you know, get the kids to relate. Mm -hmm. But... You didn't necess- you didn't need that in the MCU. So the MCU Bucky, he was he was not a a sidekick. He was a best friend. Right. He was more of a partner. And yes. The, and but Battlestar was originally brought in in a Bucky costume, mm-hmm. designed to be the the sidekick to the Captain America. Right. And I am I am glad. That in the comics, he basically outgrew sidekick status and became a, you know, a good a good character in his own right. Right. Mm-hmm. But here we are. MCU Battlestar was definitely written in as a sidekick. Yes. Yeah. And I, but, you know, I'm curious how how long that is going to last. Um, not, and I'm not saying I don't I don't think that we have enough here enough time in this series to see him develop a lot. And I could be wrong, but it's going to be interesting given that John Walker has an obvious ego. He's also more brutal. Yes. Yeah, he is. And, and and Lamar says as much there in the locker room, he says some problems you cannot punch your way out of. Yes. Yes. So that tells me there's a history of uh, there's a history of a lack of restraint, right? And is that, it? No, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that ties into comics, John Walker as well, right? It's going to be interesting to see, 
like whoever chose him, did they see that or was that something that they think that was it was something they could work with them on or it was the reason that they chose him? Well, well you know, he uses a firearm, too. So, well, MCU cap used firearms. True. I mean, I mean, you know, a a, a a Colt 911 was part of his standard yeah. loadout during World War II. That's right. And we have that famous, you know, shot of him busting in through a door, holding up the shield in one hand and shooting off rounds with the other. That's true. That's true. I thought Browning, but, I thought Browning made the 1911. I may be mistaken. I am not a gun nut like my son. Um, but regardless, he had he had a pistol then. Right. Comics app does not. You know, Steve Rogers does not. Mm-hmm. Um, and personally, MCU Steve Rogers prefers not to as well. Right. He'll use it if he needs to, but only if he needs to. John Walker seems a little bit more. This is going to sound like a, a terrible dad joke pun for which I am well known, but he seems more trigger happy. Yeah. Say the least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, it, it, you know, because it, it seems and it seems that he's he is more about using not not using uh, appropriate force. Excessive force. Yeah, he he is all about excessive. Like, if if he can, if if he can, you if he can be at a five, and you know eliminate whatever the issue is, he's going to bring eleven every time. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, and you know the thing is, you know, the scene where. Where he, uh, where he comes into the the police uh, department, and he uses his position to uh-huh. get uh, Sam and Bucky out. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I was asking myself, would Steve have done that? Because Steve never really traded on being Cap for something like that. And, I, and think on on the other side of it, I I think it would be something he would use if it was. If somebody was innocent and he thought that that would help, but I don't know this the way that that whole scene just felt hinky to me. Well, Steve is more humble, and I think that is a huge difference between him and Walker. Mm-hmm. Walker has some arrogance, some hubris. I'm not saying it's not deserved because again. You know, three Medal of Honors or Medals of Honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is a a total bad dude. But I think if I were to if I were to break down the essential difference between Walker and Rogers at this point, I would say that the the difference that stands out to me, Steve felt the mantle of Captain America was a duty was a service, was a calling. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Walker views it as a reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very I, much so. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't work that any better. I think that that's the nail on the head, man. Uh, and the thing is, I wonder who is the one that's doling out the uh, – I don't know the, the 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 thanks if you would call it like who who's who's the one that's pulling the strings you know if you remember in the comics it was everybody's favorite Nazi turned Hydra guy the Red Skull right he was not, he was behind the uh, he was behind Ultimatum he yep. was behind the Resistance mm-hmm. he was behind the Power Broker mm-hmm. he was behind the Scourge of the Underworld. Um, let's see. He was behind the watchdogs. Right. Oh, that's right. I mean, he, he decided he was, he wasn't going to do the go for one grand scheme to the next. He was having, he was pulling as many strings as possible behind the scenes. Just, just a thought here. What if he's come back to earth? Well, see, now I was thinking about that. 
I was kind of toying with that. I'm like, the, the world that we know is not the same anymore, right? Right. I mean, now that somebody has claimed the Soul Stone twice, you know, is he free to leave? Uh, dude, I mean, that means that means a full on revived Hydra, uh huh, with a Zemo and a Red Skull. Okay, and I know, I, I know we're playing what if, but yeah. I, the thing is, so I mean, I, I, I was toy, but see, you're just saying what I was toying with. I was like, I was starting to wonder, I was like, well, okay, here's something else. That and it is tied to John Walker as Cap. Uh-huh. Now we know we know how the government got the shield, right? And the thing is this, and this is something to think about. Isn't it interesting that if the government felt like that they were in the need in need of a Captain America, why didn't they approach Sam since since Sam was in possession of the shield and he had obviously fought and trained and you know had the same skills or a similar skill set to cap why didn't they say hey sam we need a captain america steve had given the giving you the shield why don't you blah 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 why did they decide to go and give it to john walker which to me adds more credence to that there is somebody else pulling the strings, and it could very well be Red Skull. Yeah, but well, they, they, that's a big if because I don't want to be guilty of what we did with WandaVision. No, WandaVision but <laughs> well, yeah, we but, weren't the Lone Rangers on that. A part of a part of the part of the impression I got from this episode was they did approach Sam about doing it. And he turned them down, but was holding no. on to the shield because it was given to him by Steve. See, I don't I, – I did not get that vibe at all. And here's, here's my theory on that because I, I really wanted to – that session to keep going, the therapy session. Yeah. Because, yeah. because we see – we start to see – What's at the core of Bucky's issue with Sam giving away the shield? Mm-hmm. He says, maybe maybe Steve was wrong about you. If he was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me too. And that hit me dead in the heart. Yes. Oh, that, that says me. He, he says, I'm not a killer. Do you, th- do you think he's having a hard time believing that? I, I think he does. I think he yeah, is having well, a very hard time with that. Bucky struggles. Yeah, Bucky struggles, but Steve was pretty much the only one who believed in him, that believed he was still, you know, his friend from World War II. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, you know, he was a good person. But if he but if my best friend for for like almost a hundred years is wrong about me, I can't be a good person. <sighs> That's what's going through his head. He he can't he can't let himself believe he's a good guy. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and it's and that's something that. Okay, so the whole time he was in Wakanda, he was he was away from the fight, you know, right. and he he's he he's recovering and he's no he's getting back to knowing Bucky again but he's also he's has not forgiven himself for the things that he had done and it really doesn't matter how many times Steve could tell him that was not you and it doesn't matter what what Tony says you know that may have been your body but that wasn't your mind and you were being manipulated so and I and I think that it's going to take Bucky basically having to go through something. He's suffering from PTSD. Yeah, is he? He he's just now for the first time in eighty some years. Well, I'll say about eighty years. 
70 to 80 years. First time he's really been able to come to terms with this stuff because after falling off of that train and and, and uh, Hydra getting a hold of him, he didn't have an opportunity to do to to make peace with anything because he was basically somebody's blunt instrument to be pointed at. Yeah. Right. You know, and so this is why that making amends thing is so important to him. It's not just making amends to the people that you've wronged. It's about making peace with yourself. Right. And, you know, if I and I get it, like if the one if the one thing that you're holding on to is this friend that had had that believed in you. And you had each other's backs, you know, back when you were in Brooklyn and all the way up until you you guys were fighting, fighting World War Two. And now this that one person was the person who brought you back from the brink because they believed in you. And now that person's gone. But this person, the same person that you believe and trust in, you see the, the faith that they put in this other person to a certain degree. From a certain perspective, being proved wrong, that can shake your faith, especially when you're already on shaky ground as it is. Yeah, yeah but I, and see, I get it. and I think we were tr- getting very close to hearing why Sam gave it up. Yeah, he was. It, it, so far, all he has said is, "I did what I thought was the right thing to do." Well, yeah, I say, I no, go ahead. And that's been kind of a recurring theme with Sam so far in this series. Mm -hmm. You know, he's doing what he thinks is the right thing to do. Like, you know, trying to get a loan so his sister won't have to sell the family fishing boat. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to get the boat back up, you know, so on and so forth. You know, trying to, to, to stop the flag smashers. He's doing what he thinks is right. But it's not coming out okay in the end so far. Right. Because giving the shield to the museum, he thought it was the right thing to do. Well, what did the government do? They took it out of the museum, put him in the hands of John Walker. You know, he, he, he thought that getting the loan was the right thing to do. Well, now he can't get that loan because apparently, you know, Avengers doesn't pay well. <laughs> and my just just my gut theory on why he really gave the shield over to the the museum is because he does not feel that he is worthy of the shield. Agreed. Because, you know, when, when Steve hands him the shield says, you know, what does it feel like? He says, feels like it belongs to somebody else. And Steve said, that's yours. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, but you know what though? The thing is, Sam, Sam has to, Saying this, saying this as somebody who's on the outside looking in, if we're talking about this in a real world sense, Sam has to understand that Steve isn't asking him to be Steve, Captain America. Mm-hmm. St- S- Steve is saying you, you can be the Captain America that is needed after me, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and but. I couldn't imagine somebody's somebody saying, "Hey, you know, here, you no, know, I, you know," and it's not, it's not like, "Oh, you know, I'm giving this to you," or, or you earned this. It's like, no, I'm entrusting you with this because this is yours now, right? You know, and you know, for somebody who, you know, I mean, it's just like. Uh, like uh, Sam said in uh, The Winter Soldier, he said, I do everything he does just slower, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, you know, for 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 Sam, even though he doesn't verbalize it. And the truth is, everyone, er, everyone who's fought with Cap idolizes him because he is sort of like that lawful good. Yeah, you know, and, and and it's not that he tries to be lawful good. It's just it is, it, it is who he is. And if he all of a sudden is like, "Oh, hey, now this is yours," all of a sudden you're like, 
I can't do this. I can't be you. Yeah. You know, but see, we, we, we need, we need to hear, hear Sam say that because the minute he says that Bucky is going to have some words for him that he needs to hear. Right, and, I, and I'm, I'm I am certain of that because Bucky believes in Sam. Yeah, and as much as much as they bicker back and forth with each, with each other, if Bucky didn't want to deal with Sam, he would have been gone a long time ago. See, they they do like each other, and and Bucky does. You can tell he does respect Sam. Mm-hmm. And, but of course. They yeah yeah back and forth like a pair of like a couple of brothers. They do, and it almost like you know how you and your best friend you'll insult the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like you walk into a oh Kylan man is that a new hat or is it time to change the bandage? <laughs> that sort of thing, <laughs> and that's just how guys. Act on one another. That's yeah. true. I, I I loved that therapy session. I think that's one yes. of those. I could actually go back and watch that and just. I mean, they're both twelve. I did the yes. fact they're twelve <laughs> when they're together. Just and apparently, their their insults are largely ad libbed. Makes sense. Yeah. I want now. I want to know if the White Panther line was ad libbed. That was awesome. That was funny. That was, that was that was probably like my favorite one-liner of the entire episode. It's kind of like well, you, you, come, you go to Wakanda and you come back all White Panther, and he goes, "Well, White Wolf, actually." And then all of a sudden, he's like, "What?" <laughs> well, and and then as they're walking down the street, even more, hey, it's Black Falcon. Black Falcon, and then he does the whole explanation. No, it's Falcon. Dad says Black Falcon. Well, well black, should, black kid. Should I call you Black Kid? <laughs> okay, then. I love that. That, Sam that was funny. Absolutely none of that. And actually, can we get to the? Can we get to the the the? I guess the one of the because I think the show is going to have a couple Molnir drops. Can we get to the Molnir drop? Okay. Yeah. Isaiah, yes. Oh my! Oh, I honestly, honestly, like okay, Eric. I as soon as I got done with work, actually, I might have gotten done with work a little bit earlier, or a little bit earlier than I probably should have. Maybe I don't know. I'm not saying, but I'm saying just so I could watch. And I'm kicking myself so hard because I did not see that coming. I don't know why, because it it was obvious. It's pretty obvious. And here's here's the thing. Last week, we were sitting here, and I'm just looking at the IMDb credits. And I see this guy, and I say, you know, you remember the old show Mantis? It was about about this this guy. He's African-American that Mm – he was, I, I won't say paralyzed. At least yeah, he, he was injured. During, he was injured during the L.A. riots. He was like a, he was like a, a scientist and like a millionaire. He yeah. gets injured in the riots, and then he makes a suit that allows him to walk. But then, yeah, yeah. other things. Yeah. So I noticed that the guy who played him was going to be in episode two, and I pointed this out on the show. I said, you know. And I said, it's going to be interesting to see who this guy is going to play because they did not give a character name for him. Mm-mm. They just gave an episode where he shows up. And dang, if he wasn't Isaiah freaking Bradley. Yes, man. I could not. I see. That's one of the things. It's like I, I kicked myself so hard because and I'm sitting there and I'm like – uh-uh, uh-uh. And then when he took, he, he took like, I guess there was some Altoids or whatever. Yeah. He threw across the room and it got embedded. And I was like, and the whole thing he talked about, you know, basically, you know, beating Bucky back back during um, Korea. And I'm like, yeah. uh, what? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see this? <sighs> the, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, I read a spoiler article 
last Friday and just kind of like, <clears throat> so that's who he's playing. It and, was. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, the thing is I kicked myself because I don't understand what, how I missed that. I don't understand how I missed it, man. Well, you know what? Kudos to Marvel for doing that. Yes. Oh. Because, you know, I, I saw another article that said, you know, that um, this episode completely retcons the Captain America story. And I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Because no. Isaiah Bradley, at least the MCU version, is just a product of the super soldier experimentation that continued after Steve disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to me makes sense of that one arc in Agent Carter, yeah. where she is handed the last vial of Steve Rogers' blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm just thinking, well, what happened to the others? Now we know. Well, let's go once. Let's go one step further. Elijah, quote unquote, Eli Bradley, mm-hmm. the grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Patriot. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think it was accidental that he was that he was brought in. We didn't get a good look at him, so we don't know anything about him other than he has a very bad haircut. Mm-hmm. But if he has any of the super soldier serum in him from you know passing of genes, and he does yeah. become patriot, what have we talked about? Potentially coming down the pike. Yeah, man, dude, they have all the young Avengers now, pretty much. Because you got, so we know we got. If the, if you so don't have if you don't have Marvel if you don't have Young Avengers, you have a live action Marvel Rising. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, none of this was accidental. No, I mean, it, and one thing that we saw in WandaVision was setting up of other characters to show up that you know are going to show up later. Marvel has a great penchant for doing this. Did we ever think we were going to see Darcy again? No, no, and she was. Did we think we were going to see Agent Jimmy Woo again? No, not not out, not outside of uh, Ant Man anyway. And now I want to see him and Darcy get their own series. It's almost like an MCU version of X Files. I would love it. I, I would be all for it. Just the, the the chemistry between the two of them. You know. See, I think Jimmy j- just by himself could be the next. You know, the Phase Four Agent Coulson. I agree. I agree. I mean, we need we right now, we are in need of a of a Colson type character. We need somebody to sort of be the the liaison between <laughs> the heroes and us. Yeah. You know. So that, that everyman. Yeah. So yeah, and that's essentially what Colson was. He was the everyman who kind of grew into the linchpin character that was the one constant among all the MCU movies. Right. Jimmy could be that. Now, again, we also saw Monica Rambeau. We saw her origin story. Yeah. You know you're going to see her you know, going forward. I think this is another instance. Are we going to see Isaiah Bradley again? Maybe. It would be nice. It would mm-hmm. be a closure if Sam by himself came back to talk to Isaiah. Right. Um, because – you know, all these mic drops, all these info dumps that uh, that Isaiah was throwing out, well, it was sitting Sam pretty hard, too. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, when I, I, I encourage everyone to read Truth, Red, White and Black. That's where you get Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when this book came out, um like honestly, like I re- I remember seeing the poster at my comic shop, and I was like, okay. And I remember taking the chance on the first issue, and I I remember just going in like the following week and telling my 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 shop guy, put this on my list. Um, and it it, it raised a stink. If you guys remember when this book came out, it raised a stink because a lot of people took issue with 
the super soldier, the search for the super soldier serum being used as a, I guess, sort of a reminder or a, uh, a, a device for what actually happened during World War II to uh, African-American soldiers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did not like that story. And for that reason alone, I I was like, okay, so no, this because uh, there's been a few things that Marvel has done. And it's sort of like, it, it, okay, we did this book, but it didn't happen. But then we got Patriot later. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's sort of like they kind of sort of acknowledged Patriot. But we weren't going to see, I didn't think we would ever see Isaiah in the MCU anywhere. They leaned into this that hard and they told enough of the stories for you to put together what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. Uh, I I will tell you, man. and, and, and the look on Bucky's face as uh, as he's admitting that there were things that he knew, but he didn't feel like that he should say. He didn't feel like he could say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th- this episode, man, I, I I'm, I'm going to have to. Th- this is definitely a series that once it's done, mm-hmm. I'm going to need to let it marinate and then go back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that kind of struck me when Isaiah was was talking about, you know, his treatment, mm-hmm. it, it kind of reminded me of the Tuskegee syphilis study. That, that's exactly – and that's – that the writers of uh, Red, White, and Black, that's what they used. That that was like the inspiration. It was – I've, I've not read that, mm-hmm. but it would make perfect sense that they did. I mean uh, all this makes perfect sense. You know, I, I believe that it is in um, Marvel Unlimited. I, I'm jumping in real quick to look to see, but I'm pretty sure that it is there. Uh, hold on. The good thing is, is that uh, Marvel Unlimited is in uh, alphabetical order, and <laughs> just here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's there. It, Truth, red, white, and black, and that was in 2003. Yep. Yeah. So I love how Marvel will do these deep dives mm-hmm. to 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 tell stories, and that that you had to have seen that potential mm-hmm. if you were like Bob Iger or any of the uh, the the higher ups at Disney when the whole Marvel. Uh, acquisition was basically in the early stages. Right. I mean, you've got these thousands of characters, thousands of stories. And right now we're seeing at least two different story arcs from the comics coming together in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you're getting the, the John Walker as cap story. You're getting the red, white, and black story. Mm-hmm. You're getting the Baron Zemo. We may be seeing the the start of the Thunderbolts. Ooh. We might be because Zemo. That was his team. You know the the Avengers were were MIA. If I remember this the storyline correctly, mm-hmm. and so. Zemo adopted the this identity. I think he was Citizen X, and he gathered up all these bad guys to pose as good guys, basically you know, lulling the public into a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. You know, under different under different identities, right? But the thing was, the the the, the bad guys enjoyed being good guys. So when Zemo basically said, okay, let's start being bad guys. They go, heck no, we're we're having too much fun here. <laughs> and as a and in the comics, if I remember correctly, once the the group, you know, parted ways with Zemo, it was Hawkeye that came in and basically stood in as the team leader and mentor. Right? I think so. Yeah. I mean I I think this has potential, assuming 
uh, assuming that Zemo does not die at some point in this series, we have the possibility of Thunderbolts. We and do. Be, and if, as as has been hinted, if not outright said, that Zemo wants to rid the world of superheroes, um, you know, fight fire with fire. Right. He knows Hydra's secrets. Yeah. He knows. True. You know, he, he's got connections. And I, I, so I went back and I, was, I watched uh, Captain America Winter Soldier and I've noticed something. There, there are some parallels here between Falcon and Winter Soldier and Captain America Winter Soldier. Both start off with a fight with Z, with uh, Batroc, right? Uh-huh. Right. Now, Cap jumps out of the plane without a chute. Right. And lands in the water, climbs on the boat. Bucky jumps out of the plane without a chute. No. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't end well. so well, but, you know. You got and this this might be stretching it a bit, but you also have like a big fight like with moving vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some callbacks. I think there are some intentional callbacks. Yeah. Especially with the jumping out of the plane. <laughs> you uh, know I call that on video, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> and see they that's what I'm saying. They they respect each other, but they're not going to let their respect for each other get in the way of ribbing each other. No, no, no. And that's and that's why that's why Walker ain't making any progress with either of them. No, no, no. Because you know, yes, okay, fine. You're a soldier. You're a good soldier. You're an exceptionally strong soldier, even though we don't think that he's gone to the power broker yet. No. Because, you know, well, it's pretty obvious Battlestar hasn't. Right. Right. But Walker is looking like he's got some enhanced strength going on, the way he's throwing that shield around. Well, and how he jumped out of the helicopter, whereas Battlestar had to rappel down. Right. True. But in the comics, both of them had gone to the power broker to be superheroes on their own before mm-hmm. becoming uh, – before coming Cap and quote-unquote Bucky. Right. And while they are soldiers in their own right, those two had fought alongside Steve. They knew Steve. They respected Steve. They knew that Steve earned every bit of the, the spotlight, the fame, and everything that came with it. Mm-hmm. And... John is just not going to impress them with the whole I'm your buddy approach. Right. No, no. And the fact that he views both of them as his his cap sidekicks, that that pretty much ruined any chance he might have had. It did. I mean, yes, the government owns the name, the the costume and the shield of Captain America. But Steve is what made the name, the costume and the shield mean something. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the eighteen year old kid that's inherited daddy's fortune, yeah, and, and really doesn't know the value of it. Again, we go back to uh, Doctor Erskine. He says a strong man who's known strength all his life doesn't value it, but a weak man becomes strong. He knows the value of that strength, and that's true. And see, that's that's another difference. Walker doesn't know the value. No. Right. He he does it. And I, you know, and I don't know if it would even if it even matters to him, per se, you know, outside of it's something that he feels like he should have. Yeah. He feels kind of entitled to it. Right. Steve never felt entitled to anything. No. Because he was just a kid from Brooklyn, you know, and he could do this all day. (laughs) Have you guys seen the meme going around where basically, um, you know, Carly punches him off the truck and he falls down on the ground. He like, you know, rips his helmet off and you just see the words. I can't do this all day. (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit that that's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That little girl kicked your baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I you know, I, yeah, I, I want to see. I, I I can't wait to see them resolve those issues because you know they may understand each other. Of course, they kind of understand each other now, but th- this whole sibling rivalry thing just ain't never going to get old. No, no, no. Because no, it's, I don't know, it's too awesome to me. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, I mean, this was kind of what endeared us to the Avengers in phase one. Right. Because they would rag on each other quite a bit. Now, they didn't so much in Ultron, they didn't so much in, well, they certainly didn't do so much in Endgame and Infinity War. Right. But, I mean, it was the, there was some clashing of egos there. Yeah, say least. <laughs> so, well, um, I hate to say it, guys, but we're almost at final thoughts. Uh, I, you know what? I after after seeing what they did with two, yeah, they 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 just keep raising the bar. So, I mean, I, I have no idea what to expect with three. I really I, don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, Finish. no, no. I'm done. I'm, that was okay. it. I, I think what's going to happen, Bucky's going to walk in to that cell with Zemo, and Zemo's going to try the old mission report lines on him. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's just going to go up and smack him. <laughs> but with the either, with, with, either uh, verbally. Either verbally or with his his regular his non vibranium arm. I, That's what I, I think. Like he wouldn't be using the the vibranium arm. I, I you know. No, no. They need his jawbone functional. <laughs> you slap him with that vibranium hand, he's going to be eating soup through a wired jaw for a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to laugh my head off if this actually happens. <laughs> well, Friday's not that far away. No, it's not. Yeah, y'all are closer to it than I am. Not by much. Anyway, uh, my final thought is, did you see the uh, the post from Bruce Campbell today? No. No. He posted up a page a supposed page from the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness page uh, script with some lines highlighted claiming that they may have been his lines. Okay. Those, those lines weren't Latu Parada. <laughs> Was no. it? Nope. Supposedly, because if he shows up with a with a chainsaw for a hand, y'all gonna be hearing some screaming in that audience, <laughs> in that theater. Tis not him. Anyway, it, it's a you know, his post is on Facebook. Oops, this slipped, and it's a page. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are this is an April Fool's joke. Obviously, yeah. Considering yeah. what he is. So, and then the watermark on it, there's a watermark that says Bruce Campbell, confidential, do not reproduce. I don't think they would have done that type of watermark per actor. I was, I would assume the, if there's any watermarking like that it it wouldn't be like this well dude at the same time didn't they have so much trouble with tom holland giving away stuff oh yeah yeah you know if i were in charge of that i would totally put the person's name on it so if it did get leaked we knew who did it (laughs) but let if you guys haven't seen it already to me, this doesn't look right. It looks like the watermark's been photoshopped. 
<laughs> Hold on, let me see. No, no, dude. If this is legit, he is playing Ash. Yeah, yeah. Where he says, "Who the heck are you?" I'm looking for the dark hold. Never heard of it. It's an ancient book of magic, a grimoire of darkness and evil. Does it have a face on the cover? He's talking about the freaking Necronomicon. Yes. Yes. But I, I honestly feel this is him just trolling for April Fool's. Yes. Yeah. This is something I could see him actually typing up and creating himself just for this. Yes. There is a 93% chance in my mind that this is just an April Fool's troll joke. <laughs> yeah, but I want that seven percent to be true. If not, I mean, know. I perfect cameo. Even if this is a troll bit, I want him to sell this page on his website. Yes, I will buy a copy of this as long as he has signed April Fools, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I would. I would pay for that. <laughs> I got five dollars. I'll contribute towards it. Okay. Same. So, well, guys, I hate to say it. So, uh, I think Thursday will say it for us. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, I think it's just time to go dark. <laughs> I have detected a ghost file in the database. Uploading it now.